0: Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. My guest today is someone that, if you have been to the Vine, most likely you have met him. And at the very least, you have seen him because he's there every week. He is someone that I work with and I have gotten to know him pretty well over the last six months, but it was really fun to do this interview and get to ask questions that I've never asked him and learn more about him. He's also my son's guitar teacher, by the way, and I am super thankful for that because he is a really, really good guitar teacher among other things. So here is my conversation with Micah Reasonweber. Micah, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And I have a whole bunch of questions for you, which I'm looking forward to asking. And the first one is, who are you?
1: Well, I am Micah Reasonweber.
0: Okay, so tell me, where are you from?
1: So I am from Kennewick, Washington, where I live now.
0: Okay, so you, how long have you lived here? I mean, yeah, does that mean I've, you've lived here your whole life or what? I've,
1: most of my life. We lived in Portland a couple years when I was young, and I lived a few years in Texas while at Abilene Christian University. Uh, but other than that, I've lived here in the Tri-Cities my whole life.
0: Okay. So tell me about your family, your family of origin and your family now.
1: Yeah. So my parents, Steve and Wynette. And um, when I was born, I had three grandparents living here in the Tri-Cities, my dad's uh, mother, and then both of my mom's parents lived here in the Tri-Cities. So I've grown up around quite a bit of family here in the Tri-Cities. So I'm married to Sarah Reasonweber, and we have two kids, Alyssa and Rachel. Alyssa's 11, and Rachel is nine years old.
0: Okay. And do you have any siblings? And where are you in your sibling in the sibling order? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. So I have two brothers, Matt and Jacob, and I'm the oldest. We're all two years apor- apart, and all born in August. And, um, so I'm the oldest in the mat and then Jacob.
0: You're all born in August. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny, but none of you have the same birthday.
1: Nope. Nope. Not the same birthday. All same two birthday. years apart. Yep.
0: That's cool. So tell me, Micah, how and when did you connect with the vine church?
1: Well, that's an interesting story. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, what, five years ago or so, um, Sarah and I planted the Vine Church. And it was born of a season in which... um, just experiencing some holy discontent or uh, just a feeling like God was calling us towards something new and something more. Uh, we were somewhat theologically misaligned with the church that I was a youth pastor in, and um, we were looking for what was next, and we explored a lot of different options. But um, ultimately, through a process of going and, and meeting with a church planting organization who did. Um, uh, there was no formal ordination process in, in their processes, but um, they said, yeah, we think we think you guys are being called to plant a church and we'd like to work with you in that journey um, that we begin to really pray and seriously consider uh, what it would look like to be church planters here in the Tri-Cities. And so in that season of prayer, I found myself just kept being called back to Uh, John 15, uh, where Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me, you'll bear good fruit, but outside of me, you can do nothing. And I was like, man, if we're really going to try to plant a church, um, I I think this concept is so central uh, that we ended up naming the church, the vine out of John 15 and Jesus words.
0: Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's such a cool story. Um, when you when you initially thought about um or or felt like god was saying to calling you to start this church what was your initial response i'm curious cuz when i talked to sarah she hers was like what who does that no way
1: <laughs> yeah i think we had similar responses and certainly were in conversation about it because we didn't um know the pathway towards planting churches. We weren't being birthed out of a mega church or anything of that nature. It was really a ground up kind of grassroots uh, start to the church. And so um, outside of having met with Kairos and outside of the council of some friends and some supporters that had enabled us uh, financially to step out of a paid position and into the unknown of church planting, it it wouldn't have happened, but God was really gracious. From a lot of different directions, um, support and counsel and guidance came, and we um, we sensed clearly God's calling and His provision in that season.
0: Uh huh. That's so awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you said yes, <laughs> and I know a lot of other people are too.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: so, what are some of your interests and hobbies, Micah?
1: Interests and hobbies. Well. Um, A majority of them involve outdoors and uh, maybe even adventure. So I love four-wheeling or mountain biking or motorcycles. I love to golf, which is not high on the adventure spectrum, but I love Mm -hmm. the game. Um, It is an outdoor activity, though, and I love being out there with Sarah and with our kids and friends. Um, And then um, I love to play guitar, and I've been playing and teaching guitar for uh, what, 15 years or something. So.
0: That's very interesting. So when you go mountain biking, do you, um, do you go downhill?
1: Yeah, I I definitely (laughs) prefer the downhill sections. Uh, the uphill portions are not very fun. So yeah, ideally, um, you know, in, in my perfect world, I would have, we would have two vehicles and we'd focus on the downhill stuff, but, um, When I mountain bike in the Tri Cities, it's more flatland, you know, and you have ups and downs. But
0: yeah, right, because there isn't a lot of mountains in the Tri Cities. No. Okay, so I'm getting you. You like speed, though. I mean, you like speed with the the downhill mountain biking and four wheeling. And did you say motorcycling?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: motorcycling. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah,
1: that's not the technical term, but it okay, works. Okay, probably you know.
0: not. Yeah. All right, so very interesting. And what are you passionate about?
1: You know, I gave some, some thought to that question. And there's a lot of things involving faith and church, um, involving our community. But the one that really resonates with me is raising my daughters. Um, I'm so excited to be a part of their lives and to see them grow up into strong and confident women um, who who get to play beautiful roles in the communities they choose to live and work in. So
0: oh I love that answer. And you are such a good dad.
1: <laughs> I try. I've, I've got yes. I've got room for growth. We all well, do Well you know,
0: I've seen your nails painted. So that right there. That right there just tells me that you are involved.
1: That's a sign of a good father.
0: (laughs) A good father of girls. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's a good clarification.
0: (laughs) All right. So I'd like to ask you if you would share kind of an overview of your faith journey, where you have been, and then where you are now.
1: Yeah. I grew up in the church. Um, My grandfather was, my mom's father was a preacher. And so I grew up going to church and knew faith at a young age, was passionate about Jesus and about the church. And, um, and I loved going to the services every time the doors of the church were open. And, and uh, so at a young age, I came to believe in Jesus. I was baptized at a very young age. I think it was nine years old um, and, uh, you know, made that personal commitment to Jesus. And that was a beautiful season of life. but. By high school, um, I had kind of uh, distanced myself from that faith. I mean, I was still attending church, but not for the right reasons and not engaged in healthy ways. And I was feeling a lot of insecurity and confusion as I went to high school. And so early in my high school career, I uh, found myself getting into a lot of trouble and uh, just living in some harmful ways towards myself and, and other people. And, um, eventually it got to a, a pretty bad point where one of my best friends growing up, who I still went to school with there at High, but, um, you know, we were pretty distant. We were living different lives. Uh, he called up my mom at lunch that day at school and he told her everything that was going on, you know, the things that I was involved in. And, um, and so, that day I saw mom, uh, I was out skateboarding with my friends after school, and mom came power sliding into the parking lot with our minivan. Um, and, uh, you know, it's getting the car, and it, it was um, uh, kind of a, a family and friends intervention. And uh, by the grace of God, um, I think I was broken enough, and I saw the way I was harming myself enough that... Um, I found myself soft enough to hear the things that they were saying, and it was a pretty consistent message that revolved around "You've really messed things up, but you know your story's not written. Uh, there is a future in store, and we get to work together towards a better one." And um, so we did. Uh, I found myself in that season, um, you know, just crying out to God, like, "What have I done? And where do I where do I go from here?" And in that season, I came to experience and and realize like the love and the grace of God in ways that as a child, I, I could probably have defined those terms for you. But uh, once I came to experience it, it was just this beginning of a remarkable transformation in which God realigned um, my values and my direction in life by the time I was graduating high school. I was convinced that um, God was calling me to be a missionary, and I thought that at the time that meant I had to move overseas. Um, but <laughs> in a in a mission trip to Botswana, Africa, for the summer after I graduated high school, um, God took me halfway around the world, and He opened my eyes to the to the fact that missions is needed stateside as well in the communities we grew up or in any city um and so uh, I, I found a calling towards um teenagers uh with with the dream of helping them navigate some of the challenges that i had experienced and um finding faith and and avoiding some of the pitfalls that that i had experienced in my teenage years mm
0: mm-hmm. hmm.
1: So I I guess as that played out then for 12 years, I was a youth pastor before we transitioned to um, church planting here five or six years ago.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's, that's a beautiful story. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you had that friend. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, he and I share an interesting past because as kids, our families would sometimes vacation together and, um, we were uh, camping on the Oregon coast and we were swimming out and we were as, as good as out of view of our parents. And there's one of those rip tides that, you know, that the current that pulls out into the ocean. Yeah. uh, We got, we got caught up in that and I swam as hard as I could. And, um, after a long fight, I made it the hundred yards, you know, or whatever, not far to put my feet down. And I looked back and he was stuck right where we began. And I swam out to him and together we fought in against it. Uh, um, we didn't do the whole float out and swim sideways, you know, thing. We didn't know about that. So uh-huh. we fought it and we got in together. And um, in recent years, as I've stayed in contact with him, um, we've acknowledged, you know, uh, he says, you saved my life that day. And I've gotten to reciprocate and say, I think you saved my life, you know, in the way you engaged in, in my season of struggle. So.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Those riptides are no joke. That's That can be really scary.
1: Yeah, it can be. That. I think that's the only time I've experienced it. Um, but it's good to have friends, huh? People that can pull you out.
0: Definitely. And that was a risk for him to take, too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because he probably wasn't sure how you were going to react. <laughs> yeah, you might have. You might have been pretty mad at him at first. I don't know. Yes,
1: initially, um, there was not a lot of joy in in that. But you know, <laughs> I'm deeply appreciative.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so now, how about your where you're at now in your faith journey? Yeah, I mean, I know you're a lead pastor, but what does that even mean? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, in many ways, um, I'm in a good place. Uh, I was fortunate a couple years ago to finish um, a master's in missional leadership, and that was a remarkable experience of just broadening my horizon of my understanding of God and his work in the world, uh, his mission and our participation or invitation to participate in the things that he's been uh, doing since the beginning of the world and continues to do in our communities today. Um, Mm -hmm. So in many ways, I'd say my relationship with God is uh, strong. But in other ways, um, I humbly have to admit, uh, recently we were studying um, the story of the prodigal son, it's often called. And Mm -hmm. um, I kind of find myself in the position of the older brother, who of course was not the hero of that story. Um, The older brother is the one that, did the right things and served his father, uh, but didn't sit in his presence and like rejoice. And so I find myself in a season of desiring um, just closer intimacy and relationship with God. Um, And and I think that's um, often the story of pastoral work or or mission work or or whatever people are in that um, we can get so caught up in the mission and and the journey and the activity that um, that we have to r- kind of refocus ourselves and say, but this is all about God and and to learn to sit in His presence is certainly a journey that I'm that I'm on right now.
0: Yeah, well, I imagine I just you know being somebody whose occupation has a lot to do with it's so intertwined with your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could see how that could be something that um, could be a challenge in some ways, you know? Uh, yeah, it is. I you know, sharing I,
1: that. I, I spend a lot of time uh, in the Bible and studying and, and reading, um, but often it's for the purpose of, you know, the class or the sermon or, or, or things like that, right. as opposed to j- getting to just sit in it and, and be with God in it. And so it, it's sometimes challenging to delineate those two or to engage both of those.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you just being real. (laughs) That's, that's something I think we can all relate to, even if, even if we're not in that type of an occupation,
1: just seasons.
0: So thank you. Uh, Is there a person or a life event that significantly influenced your faith journey?
1: Yeah. um, I guess I'll just throw back to two that I already mentioned. My grandfather, Henry, Henry Walker, was um, very central in my coming to faith, um, really looked up to him. And he was just um, the most gentle and kind man um, that you can imagine. And he, he approached faith um, uh, in, what, how do I describe it? Um, just a very even keel um, invitational way. And so he was really central. And then certainly the season as I came out of my struggles um, and, and just got out period in powerful ways was a central event, a moment in, in my coming to faith, really for a second time, but um, very central to who I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm, just, I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm imagining. I'm imagining your grandpa. I'd like to see a picture of him sometime.
1: <laughs> He's amazing. You should meet him one of these days.
0: Oh, yeah. I can? You can. Why did I Why did I think I couldn't? Why did I think he wasn't around anymore? No,
1: he is. He and my grandmother, both my mom's parents, uh, live here in Kennewick. Um,
0: well, heck yeah. yeah. I want to meet your grandpa.
1: You'll, you'll enjoy <laughs> it. I, I'd love to see that.
0: Definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, Do you have a brief story of when you knew that God was real?
1: As a child sitting in a very stale Sunday night church service, um, it was just my mom and I there, and it was kind of a song service. Um, And uh, I remember sitting there and singing and looking over at my mom And it was just this beautiful connection between her and me and the words that we were singing. And um, I remember that moment for the first time in my life, just feeling God and experiencing Him. And today I continue to discover God, Um, but it's primarily for me uh, in the outdoors. It's a bird flying by while I'm in the mountains. It's, you know... A, a bloom on a, a tree or a bush. Um, it's often in nature that I mm-hmm. um, experience God's presence and and realness most mm-hmm. most often.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that one for sure. All right, what is one question that you have for God?
1: Yeah, I think the question. Well, the one that kept coming to mind was when um, Jesus demonstrates prayer for his followers and he prays, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I I love that portion of the prayer because it speaks to God's kingdom and God's will um, here on earth, not just heaven as some ethereal far off waiting for place, but that in Jesus, this kingdom was inaugurated and is being brought down to earth um, and his will being carried out. And um, here 2,000 years later, you know, I think in some ways we've made remarkable progress um, in reconciliation and, um, you know, abolishing slavery and, and things like that. And, and I think those things come to reflect God's kingdom uh, a little bit better in the world. Um, and yet throughout the world, slavery and and war and violence still exists. And so um, my question has to do with when, and, you know, I feel like I, I know some of the answers to that. Um, the, the when is, as we as a church engage in, you know, uh, the mission of God and participate in His kingdom coming and and mm-hmm. the world operating in His ways, you know. Um, the how is uh, God through us, the Holy Spirit's powerful work in the world, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, still, I still have that question, that longing, like I want to see more of that kingdom and, and, and when and how do I get to see more of it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to wrap it up with four questions, just kind of quick answer, one right after the other, okay? All right. So what is something good that's come out of this crazy quarantine time for you?
1: My lawn looks nicer than it ever has.
0: (laughs) You've spent some extra time out there?
1: (laughs) I have, and I've enjoyed it. It's been fun.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, what is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri-Cities?
1: This is kind of shameful, but it's Buffalo Wild Wings. It's boneless wings with light Asian zing. That Asian zing sauce is killer.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have to try that. I love this question. I'm getting so many great ideas, (laughs) things (laughs) to try. I have not had that.
1: You're hungry after every interview. Yeah. Sure.
0: yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, next question. What is the title of the last book you read?
1: Okay. Well, for fun, it was um, I've been reading The Expeditionary Force by Craig Allenson. It's a, kind of a sci fi series, uh, kind of humorous. I don't necessarily re- recommend it because there's off color, color seven there, but um, it's, a, it's a fun story. And then. Um, On the study side of things, um, we've been doing a servant leadership class with the Center for Sharing, and we just finished the book, uh, The Servant Leader by Greenleaf.
0: Hmm. Cool. All right. And the very last question for right now, I'm always going to be asking you questions, but this one is, what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now?
1: Um, a sunny day with roses and flowers blooming.
0: Yes. Isn't spring amazing?
1: It is. I love it.
0: (laughs) Me too. Well, thank you, Micah. That was really fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to answer these questions and be on our church podcast.
1: Thank you, Jamie.
0: Well, there was my conversation with Micah one of the lead pastors at the Vine Church. And it was great to get to hear some of his faith journey story, which I'd never heard before, and learn more about his family. I didn't know he was the oldest of his brothers. It's hard to tell. Also, he was talking about his grandpa in the past tense, so I think it's awesome that his grandpa is still alive and well, and I will have the opportunity to meet him. Uh, We are definitely lucky to have him and Sarah as the lead pastors at the Vine Church. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.